do you ever feel like diabetes has become a prison of which to live inside of instead of enjoying life with diabetes? And now a recent conversation that I had sparked this thought where a lot of the choices we make within our diabetes management form our quality of life or lack thereof. And today I want to talk to you about how we can identify those choices because a lot of them are subconscious. We've built them into habits. We're completely unaware of at this point, how to identify those, but also how to restructure your life so that you can have quality of life with more stable blood sugars that empower you for more of a flexible and free kind of lifestyle. If you don't know who I am, my name is Matt Vandevecht. Uh, I'm a certified master fitness trainer and nutritionist living with type one diabetes and in the past type 1 diabetes has plagued my quality of life and I've had to learn some lessons the hard way so in today's episode I'm going to do a quick story after a theme song and we'll jump into a lesson that I hope you'll find helpful so without any further ado let's get into that theme song I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. My daughter is about 17 months old now, and she is learning very quickly. Uh, incredible at mirroring. You know, you do one thing, she does it just the same, and it's adorable. I absolutely love it. But there's a few things that I've realized in teaching her, I've taught her incorrectly. And this lesson actually does tie into my own diabetes management, which I think you'll find funny towards the end. But with this lesson that I've been trying to teach her around mealtime, my wife and I both were trying to teach her, you know, the food that's on your plate is meant to stay on the plate. You don't have to eat everything, but please don't throw it on the floor. <laughs> and this has been a lesson we've been trying to encourage her to learn for months on end at this point. She loves throwing her food uh, on the floor, on the cabinets, across the room. It, it, we find it in the weirdest places. It's wild. Uh, and then it turns into sort of a scavenger hunt for her later. We think it's because she wants to snack after the meal. And so she throws her food as far as she can so she can find it later, which I mean, credit to her is a pretty good strategy. <laughs> if she wants snacks that are readily available, put them on the floor where you can reach them, right? She's a smart girl. I'll give her that. But my wife and I had been kind of uh, encouraging her. No, please don't throw it on the floor. Food stays on your plate, right? And even to the point uh, where we're like, hey, just if you're done with your food, tell us. You know, we have sign language that we've taught her. Say, all done. You know, just tell us. All done. That's all you got to do instead of throwing your food, please. We don't like cleaning it up multiple times a day, right? And so sometimes she gets it where she'll say, oh, all done. And we're like, okay, quick, take the food away before it ends up on the floor, <laughs> before she flips the dish over. Uh, but there are times where she just begins throwing stuff before we can get to it, uh, or she just doesn't tell us. And it got to a point where it's kind of frustrating, right? Where we're like, no, don't throw it on the floor. Okay, you're done, right? Like we're not even going to wait for the, the hand signal or the sign language to tell us that you're all done because this is ridiculously messy already. At lesson's over, okay, <laughs> you're done. And after a couple weeks of this, I recognized a pattern in her behavior as a result of my own instruction where she had subconsciously learned if I throw it on the floor, they know I'm done. 
and we had inadvertently taught her the wrong lesson. It was the exact opposite of what we were trying to teach her, which was don't throw it on the floor. If you're done, just tell us. But instead, she learned that I am telling you that I'm done by throwing it on the floor. And so, you know, when we had lost our our cool and said, you know what? All right, you're done. It's over. That had taught her the lesson that the meal is over when I throw my food. And so ultimately, it was the wrong lesson being learned. I think it's a very powerful uh, item to dive deeper into, especially with our diabetes. Now, for me, years ago, uh, I had gotten to a place of restriction, of routine, of schedule, where I recognized I had built a prison around my diabetes, around my lifestyle to support healthier blood sugars, right? I recognized that there were some pieces of my life that were more difficult than others. And I was like, all right, if I avoid these things, my blood sugars cooperate, right? If I don't eat carbs, if I don't go for spontaneous activity or exercise, if I say no to family and friends, no to travel, and all of a sudden you take a step back and you're like, right, so I'm saying no to everything. I'm saying no to living my life. And that's the realization that I had come to one day is sitting in the chair, just kind of staring off at the wall and looking around the room, realizing that this was now my prison, that because of the choices that I had made, the lessons learned that were the incorrect lessons, I had ultimately identified a safe space for my diabetes, but it was also restricting my lifestyle, my quality of life and my choices that I wanted to make, which, as we know, is not going to be a long term play. It's not sustainable if we hate our life right? It might work for a short period of time, but if I hate the process, I'm less likely to achieve the outcome, right? So with this, I had identified this, this conundrum that I found myself in where I had restricted carbohydrates, I had restricted fun activities because they were more likely to cause volatile blood sugars, the ups and downs, the blood sugar roller coaster, right? And the lesson that I had learned was the more often I say no, the, the happier my blood sugars are. Now, the reality is that the lesson I should have learned was awareness and strategies paired with those more difficult situations could have yielded a better outcome where I'm able to say, yes, I just got to do a little extra math, right? <laughs> just count your carbs, Matt, right? And that would have yielded a better outcome. However, the lesson that I learned was pull back, restrict, and don't have fun, and then diabetes will you know, stay at bay. It'll, it'll stay calm. And so I think a lot of us have learned the wrong lesson in that sense. And maybe you're like me, where you found that maybe one day, a stressful, chaotic day where you just didn't want to deal with blood sugars, you pulled back, just like I did. And I said, in fact, this is what happened. One day I was like, I'm stressed out. I don't want to deal with any highs, any lows. I'm just going to have a really simple meal. Something I know the exact carb count for. It is also low carb, and I'm not going to go have fun afterwards. So I want to be able to watch my blood sugars. And I, I found myself in this restrictive space that uh, I was like a servant to my diabetes. Like, does this please you, diabetes? You know, it was just the most frustrating thing because looking back, I recognized that was the, the trigger point where I began a slow decline in quality of life. And that blood sugars looked great, right? Uh, if you live in a restrictive state, there are going to be smoother blood sugar days in most situations or you limit the variables that can cause blood sugar fluctuations the law of small numbers sure you're probably going to see better control but you're saying no to a large portion of life that makes life worth living and for me that wasn't worth it and so i, I recognized that years ago 
and began this long, painstaking journey of identifying what makes blood sugars go up and down. I began my research shortly after that, uh, my experimentation on myself, and ultimately decided that I needed to figure this thing out. I, I wasn't worth living in that state where diabetes became a prison for me. And so if you're finding yourself either one of two places, one where your quality of life has suffered because you've put so much attention on your blood sugars, blood sugars are good. You're getting high fives at the doctor and the endo because they're like, you're my best patient ever. And you're like, I hate my life though. (laughs) That's not a great spot to be in, right? Uh, Or two, you are putting the work in, but you're not quite sure of what work to do. Maybe the blood sugars are wild and unpredictable. I've been in that spot too. Then it's helpful to identify maybe areas in our life where we have learned the wrong lesson. So maybe when we went to have pasta with the family and had a a 300 or a 400 blood sugar afterwards, or even a 200, right? The lesson learned for most people is that carbs are evil. Can't have high carb dishes, not going to happen. Or if I do, I make this deal with the devil that yes, blood sugars are going to be horrendous if I eat this and I'm okay with that, right? But unfortunately, that is the end of enjoyment of food for other people. We talk about relationship of food. Um, Same lesson can be learned with exercise. Oh, I went for a run today and I went low and I ended up drinking juice that had more calories than I burned from the run. So what did I learn from this? Well, exercise is impossible with diabetics. Um, You can't lose weight with type one diabetes. It's too difficult, right? And we make these connections that aren't necessarily the entire picture. Yes, it's difficult to exercise with type 1 diabetes. I can give you uh, a full breakdown of how difficult it is. I'm currently training for a triathlon sprint. It's difficult, right? Uh, I'm able to accomplish this and and progress through it because of my knowledge and expertise in blood sugar analytics and, and measurement, but it's difficult. I will give you that. But the lesson learned isn't that I can't because of diabetes. It's simply, how can I? right? It's not, I can't have pasta or pizza or ice cream. It's how can I? Asking that question, simply flipping the perspective that we have in these examples allows us to begin to see what other lessons there are to be learned. So instead of saying, I can't have pasta, maybe it's how can I more accurately count the carbs in the pasta? Or maybe it's how can I identify my true insulin to carb ratio so I know how much insulin to take? See, oftentimes I'll give you one more example here. Uh, a lot of us have these, and actually, I'll give you some backstory. I've been chatting with my uh, my Warriors Inner Circle on this topic. It's a, a program for the graduates of our program. It's like the, the high, high achievers, right? They're awesome people. It's invite only. I love them. Uh, but we chatted about these these restrictions we we put on ourselves out of fear, where oftentimes so many of us, and you may be the same as us as well, we have these limits that we feel comfortable with. Right? It's this threshold of, I feel comfortable taking X amount of units of insulin, but nothing more. And a lot of times it's because it's what we've consistently given. We've built a routine around it. Uh, and I'll be honest, I experience it too. There is a number of insulin units that I'll take and be like, yep, that's totally gonna be fine. But if I go one unit above that, I start to get a little nervous. I'm like, do I need that much insulin? Right? And it's because we've built these, these quote unquote rules or lessons around our diabetes that may not be true. Here's the crazy part. The number that I'm now comfortable with is far lower than the amount of insulin I used to take years ago before I cared enough about my diabetes. I used to be ignorant and I ignored my diabetes for many years. That's a different topic though. But I used to take 
ridiculous amounts of insulin and eat entire pizzas. And I, I survived, right? But now for some reason, I've got this mental block where I feel uncomfortable past a certain threshold of insulin. See, I learned the wrong lesson. It's not that I can't take more insulin than that. It's that maybe once I had a low when I took that much insulin and I learned the wrong lesson that that much insulin is dangerous and can cause lows, right? Like we have to really stop and think and just step back and look at our diabetes management and ask ourselves honestly, which lessons that I have learned were the wrong lessons and what other lessons can I learn that would allow me to be a more flexible and more free with my choices, with my food, my activities, with my quality of life overall. So today it's more of a, a sit and think, a sit and ponder type of an episode where I want you to really think about where in my life have I restricted my choices? Where have I learned the wrong lesson? Where have I pulled back and created for myself a prison that is surrounding diabetes? Where am I not allowing myself to live to my truest self, to enjoy food, family, fun, activities? And how can I relearn the right lessons? So take a moment today, if that helps, to, to ponder and ask yourself where you can make some adjustments, uh, where you may have potentially learn the wrong lessons. Because like me, uh, once you recognize it, it's a little depressing, recognizing how many things you might have missed out on, how much enjoyment or quality of life you could have partaken, but it's, it's gone. But the good news is you can make a shift now. You can make an adjustment now that will allow you to move forward learning the right lessons. So just like my daughter had learned the wrong lesson from us, which it's me, it's my fault. <laughs> I'll take ownership of that. She's just learning everything that's put in front of her, right? Uh, including, oh, if I throw my food on the floor, the meal is over. Similarly, I've learned the wrong lessons and I'm also gonna own up to that as well, right? I learned the dangers of carbs. Well, the reality is I can eat an entire pizza. I've done it and I've stayed in range the entire time. I know it's possible, but I had to relearn that lesson that you know, if I know what I'm doing, I can make these safe decisions that allow me to go past my comfort zone and to dose appropriately, count the right carbs, enjoy different types of foods, different cuisines, train for a crazy event, like a triathlon sprint. Like this is insane. Never done that before, but it's possible when you relearn the correct lessons. So I hope that's helpful for you. A little lesson from my own life, uh, kind of a, a learning lesson in and of itself. And uh, if you found this helpful, please do share this episode, get it out there, make sure people know that not all lessons learned from diabetes were the correct ones. A lot of times we put ourselves in these restrictive boxes that can last for decades. And I've had clients come through that have told me exactly that. Uh, I, I haven't enjoyed food in 20 years. I'm like, wow, that is so sad. And then of course, on the other side of that, watching them enjoy food for the first time in 20 years and staying in range is absolutely a treasure. I thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, but yeah, anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope this is a helpful topic for you. Uh, getting into more of the choices that we make, the subconscious choices that we've learned, it will require that you become more aware of your choices. So easy way to do that, ask why. I'm going to go have a hamburger for dinner. Why not add fries? <laughs> right? Uh, I am going to go for a mile run. Why not two? And as silly as it sounds, that question can help you to identify blocks that you have mentally. You know, if I'm looking at my triathlon training, I'm going to run the bare minimum that's required for the event, 
why not double it? Well, because I'm tired. Well, also because blood sugars, right? And then from that point, you can challenge yourself safely. For me personally, when I was identifying these fears that I might have, and by the way, a lot of these subconscious choices are rooted in fear. I want you to understand that you don't have to break through and, and create this insane experiment to relearn the lessons. For me, it was baby steps. You know, if I was worried about an entire bowl of pasta because last time I ate it, I spiked up super high my blood sugars, right? Instead of going back to the same bowl of pasta, I might start with a side of pasta that is also measured so I can have more confidence going into it, kind of dip my toes in the water and make sure that the lessons I'm learning are showing my brain, hey, this is safe, this is okay, and reworking those pathways, those the neural pathways in our mind to show myself, hey, I got this. And it is hard work. I will. I want to just add that in before we wrap up today. It's hard work to create new neural networks, new neural pathways in your brain and your mind to break through previous mental blocks. It is uncomfortable, right? But for me, it was very helpful just to take baby steps consistently to just chip away at those mental blocks and show myself, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, for me, breaking through the amount of insulin that I needed to take, knowing I needed to take more, but being uncomfortable with it, I had to start working my way towards being more comfortable, even though I had had a few very dangerous low blood sugars. This is how I chose to approach this. It may or may not work for you, but I hope you found that helpful. And if you enjoy these podcasts, by the way, please do rate the show if you're listening to it. Uh, the ratings are a huge help for me and show other people that this is worth listening to. If you're on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. These go up weekly. I love hanging out with you guys. So uh, yeah, let me know. That's how I can tell which episodes are helpful for you guys is I see you sharing. I see you rating the show and liking it on YouTube and subscribing, all this great stuff. Those metrics help me to understand that this is impactful. So I'd love to see that from you and uh, hope you really enjoyed this one and put it to put it to good use. All right. So that's all I got for you today. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll catch you guys next week and keep up the fight.